parents, we often have gut feelings when something just isn't right. This can be especially true in co-parenting arrangements where one parent is struggling with addiction. If you're co-parenting with an ex-spouse who abuses alcohol, Soberlink can help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test, so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, Judges can rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety, and your kids are able to maintain healthy relationships with both parents. To sign up, we have a special offer for Her Empowered Divorce listeners to get $50 off your device. Visit www.soberlink.com empowered. Hi, beautiful. I'm so glad you're here with me today. I'm excited to bring you my guest, Teresa Leftenant. She is a certified financial planner, and she's going to talk with me today about taking 100% responsibility for your financial future during and after your divorce. Hi, Teresa. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's so good to have you here. Hey, Beverly. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm excited about our conversation. Yeah, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, what kind of sure. qualifies you to speak on this topic? You bet. Uh, so interestingly, uh, my life path started with me going to work for my dad's bank when I was 15 years old. So I've actually been in the financial services industry my entire career. Uh, I became a certified financial planner in 1990 because I realized at the time and the financial planning, you know, um, focus was really kind of new at that time. But as mm -hmm. I was talking to clients about investing their money, I realized that there were that there were conversations that we weren't having that we really needed to have, which was mm. things like what exactly do you want in your future? What is your vision for your life? How are you, what are you doing to actually improve your life, whether that's work or fun or whatever. So that's why I decided to become a CFP. And then also, as we've been hearing about more and more, if you do work with a financial advisor, working with a fiduciary gives you an extra layer, layer of protection because yes. we are regulated to do only what's right for the client, for the person's best interest and for what their needs and goals are. So that's why I became a CFP. And then uh, 20 years ago, I started my own company. And I did that because I wanted to, my clients to be my boss instead of having my co the, a company be my boss. Gotcha. And that's worked out really well for uh, the women that I work with. So how long have you been working with divorced women? You know, I would say um, most of my career as a financial advisor, but more specifically in the last 10 years, because, you know, women like to talk to women. We speak mm -hmm. the same language. And so women would find me. And then the other thing that happens when you 
kind of desire a relationship with a professional who can give you advice is that usually something happens in your life. You either, either receive some money or you have a life change. So I began to attract divorced women uh, and also widowed women. And that made me want to get better at understanding what their particular problems were, what their needs were, what their concerns, their goals, their dreams. And so that's a big part of my practice now. That sounds fantastic. So you work with an individual. Do you work nationally or locally? Isn't it great that we can work nationally? Um, yeah. I, I can't work internationally, but I definitely can work nationally. And that's because I do carry licenses to talk about securities and okay. educate people and make recommendations. And so those licenses are national. And uh, of course, with uh, video calling like you and I are doing, we can, we can meet with pretty much anybody anywhere in the country. That's fabulous. Um, why are, this is a question that just bothers me all the time, why are so many women afraid of getting involved in their finances? Well, I think it starts from the messaging that we receive uh, when we're growing up. And for a, a lot of women, maybe the majority, they are not taught that they can become financially independent on their own. We get messages, even now from our cultural messages, that women need uh, a man to help us make the really complicated decisions around investing or estate planning or insurance. And it's true, there are details that it's important to learn about. But I, what I tell my clients is anybody can learn this. You, you just have to be willing to take the time and to have someone explain it to you in a way that actually is on your wavelength, right? So you could right. actually hear it. You could actually let it in, which unfortunately that is a little bit harder for a man to do. Men don't necessarily communicate the same way women do. So I, mm -hmm. I, I think that's the main reason why women are hesitant. And then the second reason I would say, Beverly, is because nobody likes to fail. And right. in, when you're making decisions with money, you sometimes have to make mistakes in order to learn what you need to learn. That's true about anything in life, right? In life, yes. Boy, with our money, it can really sting. Because if we make a, what we think is a great investment choice and we end up losing some of our hard-earned money, it makes us really hesitant to do something like that again. Whereas that lesson of perhaps the reason that the uh, situation didn't turn out okay, when you learn about that, then you have a better opportunity to make it better the next time, to make a better choice the next time. So those are a couple of reasons. Are you in the middle of or struggling with life after divorce? Do you ever find yourself feeling angry, overwhelmed, lonely, or sad? It's completely normal to experience a range of emotion, but here's the good news. You are not alone and help is available. Hi, I'm Beverly Price, host of the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. As a certified divorce and empowerment coach with over 25 years of experience, I help women navigate divorce, feel supported, and build more fulfilling life afterwards. 
Every week, I feature industry-leading guests who share their expertise and provide practical tips. I offer valuable insights and empowering strategies that will help you regain your confidence and create the life you deserve, just like I did in my divorce. I also address the roller coaster of emotions that often accompany this journey. So join me every Monday as we release a new episode of the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. Tune in for the help you need to make informed decisions, find the right support, and embrace the possibilities that lie ahead. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. So what do you think when we go back to divorced women? What do you think a woman um, starting in the divorce or thinking about a divorce, what's the first thing she should do? Well, and this is sometimes the hardest thing to do, but if it's, it's like when you go on the trip and mm -hmm. you're going to put the, the information in the GPS. You want to know what the destination is, right? So the GPS right. can calculate how you're going to get there. Well, it's, that's a simple example of what, why a woman has to start asking herself, what do I want? What do mm -hmm. I want for my life? Now, it's true. Sometimes we don't always have uh, a full choice. We have things we have to do, right? Especially right. if we're mothers and uh, we have a job. So there's things that we have to do. But what do you really want within the context of the, the have to's? And then you can start making financial choices. It's, it's, it's very important to know where you're going. And, you know, I've mentioned this to you before. I think that's why it's important to have a, a divorce coach that can really help you process what's going on in your mind, help you mm -hmm. understand your emotional experience, and then get to those, okay, I, I think I really want this for now. You know, right. what are those short-term goals or those long-term goals? And that's really what a financial planner needs to know. We need to know what are we planning for and how much time do we need to take action to get you where you want to go. Gotcha, gotcha. So when a woman divorces and mm -hmm. she's going through the process, as we said, and then her divorce is final, does, let's say she started working with you and, and has a plan. But now the divorce is final. Is it important for her to talk to you at that point too? Yes, definitely. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because usually when the divorce is final, that's when money is in movement. Right. And, you know, you can't make any assumptions about who's getting the money because it depends on what the couple's uh, arrangements are and what the settlement says. But when money is in movement, that's when you really have to be critically careful about the timing of certain decisions. Is it the right time to liquidate an IRA and send half of it to the other partner? Which, you know, that's, that's a pretty normal thing that happens, right? When right. Uh, in the state of Washington, where it's a community property state, you know, assets have to be cut in half. And so uh, if you're sending an IRA uh, balance to another account, is it the right time? And how is the best way to do it? Because there's a lot of different potential solutions to that, that challenge. Right. So I guess that's really the bottom line is financial management 
is something that has to be a priority or should be a priority on everybody's to-do list. And I mean regularly. And that's something that women have a hard time getting into their schedules, you know, because there's so much more that we either have to do or we want to do. But to be a successful woman and to grow wealth on your own, it requires that you make it a priority. So I talk to my clients regularly, monthly, in many cases, because money is always in motion. Um, I tell people money's a flow. It's like a river. It's coming in and it's going out. And if you want to have some sort of um, control as a word or influence, shall we say, then it requires that you pay attention to when that flow is coming in and the decisions about where it's going out. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, I think back to... um, kind of the whole subject of the male patriarchy and how many women over generations were taught that finances and money were man's stuff, you know, man's area. And so that we should defer to them and give them all that. And what I've seen happen and tragically is that from that can come financial abuse And most people think of physical abuse or verbal abuse, but what is financial abuse? Oh, it's, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to talk about it, isn't it? Because it's, it's as um, destructive as sexual abuse in my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've just recently had a client who really suffered from it and didn't realize it. So here's an example of financial abuse. I'll take care of the money and I'll give you a little account over here and I'll put some money in there and you get to just exist on that. I don't know how many times I've heard of that circumstance happening with couples. Hmm. And so the woman is almost forced and, and whenever uh, this, this particular client, whenever she brought it up with her uh, husband about, you know, I'd like to know what's happening with our investments. I'd like to be involved in the meetings. No, that's not something that you can understand. That's financial abuse right there. Right. When when somebody tells you that you can't do something and it's actually something that you instinctively instinctively know you want to and that you can, that's abuse. Uh, Not, I mean, it should be, okay, should. I have have an issue with the word should, but I think when you're in a partnership, the way to negotiate a a future is to have an equal input and especially Mm -hmm. around finances. Actually, I know some couples who successfully separate their finances and they do fine with that. But I'm I'm in the camp that there Mm -hmm. must be conversation about money. If there's no conversation about money, and this happens a lot with women, I try to talk to my husband about our finances, but he doesn't want to. That's financial abuse because you deserve to be informed. You deserve to be an equal partner in the choices. You deserve to be educated at the financial advisor's office. And, you know, I, I know of so many circumstances over the years, Beverly, where women go into financial advisor's offices and they never even get a look. The, the, the information is never even directed in their, in their direction, right? Yeah. And that's, that to that's me not too different than some medical doctors are like that, yes. too. 
Yes. Yeah. And, and so, you know, as part of my practice, I have a lot of empowerment exercises around standing in your your female power. We don't have to be masculine. We have plenty of feminine power to draw on and to stand up for it, to demand it, and to learn how to communicate in a way where you get what you want. You know what? What do they say? Uh, you know the statistics, how many marriages fall apart over money. And that's because there's no communication about it. If there, if we were taught commu communication tools and both people were willing to go into it with equal um, exuberance, then uh, so many divorces wouldn't happen. It's frustrating for me. Financial abuse is is abundant, it's huge, it's probably in most marriages, and it's probably the reason for a lot of divorces. Right. And then I think you, you kind of enter in that path of hidden things, oh, um, hidden. assets that are hidden and accounts that you didn't know about. And some things might be joint and others are set up and, and there's just horror stories and Forensic accountants have to be brought in and, and that kind of thing. So, so the bottom line, I think, is a woman has to step in and claim her power in her financial decisions. That is If exactly a husband it. is uh, withholding information, if he's mm -hmm. putting you down, mm -hmm. uh, but mainly if he's hiding things or says, you don't need to see this, that's when the alarm bell should really go off. I totally agree. And hopefully there's some women listening who haven't gotten married yet and or want to get married again. And they can hear us when we say, these are the conversations to have before you walk down the aisle to get Absolutely. clear about this and to know that, the, that there's trust. You know, this is a trust thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you don't have trust in your relationship, it just isn't going to last. That's true. So um, what other kinds of decisions should a divorced woman make a priority? You know, here's something that is uh, almost like the beginning 101 decision making with money. And that is, what is the spending plan? And, oh. what, and does the spending plan, and notice I didn't say budget, because budgets are limiting, spending plans are expansive a spending plan takes into consideration who you really are and what you really want and has the, the element of your self-confidence and self-esteem that as a single woman, you deserve to have the life that you want. Now, it does mean that you may have to take some action that you're uncomfortable with in order to have what you want, but you can grow into what you want. You know, Can you give us an example? Yeah, big dreams are a really good thing. So I'm working with a divorced woman right now whose dream is to buy a house in France and to mm. be a travel guide in her late, oh. she's in her 50s, so she's working on creating that dream. 
and she has some big steps that she needs to take. And she will have to grow herself as a person in order to take those steps. But as long as she has the vision in her mind and in her, her um, imagination and she holds, holds it close and keeps it alive, that will provide her with the motivation that she needs to, to, grow, to grow into that dream yes. of living in France and being a travel guide and, and having people come and stay. And, you know, it's just, it makes, gives me goosebumps when I think about the possibility of it for her. Oh, that sounds fantastic. But you so know, that's, I, that's what makes, sorry, that's what makes financial decision-making easier. Beverly is when you are, when you find your purpose and passion in life, like who am I really about? If I'm gotcha. not married, who am I? What am I here to contribute? What's my song to, to sing uh, in the world's, uh, my verse in the world's song? So I, I think that's what we all need to get in touch with. And when we do, making financial decisions gets easier. That sounds fantastic. So I always ask my guests to bring three actionable tips that our audience can use, that the women can take and implement right away in regard to their responsibility with money. What right. would you say they are? So I would say the first step is to make a decision inside yourself to have the intention that I am 100% responsible for every decision that I make with my money. I take it on. And even if it feels really heavy right now, if it feels impossible, I'm going to get the find the resources I need to grow into that responsibility. I mean, knowing that I know that about my money and I'm married. I mean, I love the fact that I'm responsible for my financial decisions because it gives me the power. It gives me the opportunity to have whatever I want, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be the first thing is to just mentally prepare, you know, for for the journey ahead and to take it on as something a great journey, a fun adventure that they now have to grow into and to learn. And then the second thing is, is, is on a more practical level, is to gather that emergency fund right as soon as you can. Do that first. Have that cushion, whatever that amount is, that gives you the, the knowledge that if something happens, you can dip into something and get some thousands of dollars, right? Right. And you don't right. have to rely on credit cards and you don't have to rely on borrowing money from your mother or whatever. Get the emergency fund together. And then okay. the third step would be the idea of transitioning your mindset from budgeting to spending plan. What do you want? What's that going to cost? Come to a financial planner so that you can understand how much your dream will cost. And then you can make plans on how you want to spend your money to be able to live it, to have that life that you dream of. Oh, that's fantastic. Teresa, this has just been incredible. How can our listeners find you? Because I'm sure they're going to want to know more. <laughs> well, I have a um, financial advisor website through Ameriprise Financial. That's my broker dealer. And so it's Ameriprise.com uh, forward slash Teresa, T-R-E-S-A dash Lieutenant. L-E-F-T-E-N-A-N-T. I'm sure you're going to have that in the show notes, but yep. um, there's, uh, so it's an Ameriprise website, but you can just get Google my name, Teresa Lieutenant, and you will find me. 
That's awesome. Is there anything else we haven't talked about that you'd like to share? I guess I'd, I'd like to say that, you know, having a team of professionals is so helpful to the navigation of this very unfortunate and somewhat complex experience. But the other thing is that life does go on and, and hurt and pain can be processed and let go of. People can forgive and re get back to that life of being in gratitude and living it the way you want to. So I guess that's what I would just reassure women going through divorce. I, I will tell you, I've been through three of them. Now, mm -hmm. part of that reason is because I wasn't a very good chooser, but my fourth <laughs> marriage is the one that stuck because I learned from the other three. So life is great. You'll get there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being my guest today. This has been informative and, and enjoyable. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. I had a great time. Thanks so much, Beverly. And thank you to those in the audience um, for joining Teresa and myself today. All of Teresa's information will be available in the show notes along with mine. You can find them at herempowereddivorce.com on the podcast page or wherever you listen to podcasts. The video version is also on my YouTube channel. So join me in our next episode where I'll be diving deeper into what other expert professionals can share to help you on your separation and divorce journey. And remember, please like, subscribe, and share the podcast. It will help us reach so many other women and help them through their pain and on their journey. If you'd like one-on-one -on -one support for your process, sign up for a free consultation with me at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com. Thank you and take care. Thank you for listening to the Her Empowered Divorce podcast. Remember, divorce doesn't have to be a death sentence. With the right support and guidance, you can move through the process with knowledge, skills, and confidence, and it can also be a time of growth and empowerment. A divorce and empowerment coach is an invaluable member of your divorce team. I help you understand and navigate the process, come to terms with your emotions, avoid costly mistakes, find your true voice, and create an empowered life post-divorce. If you're interested in learning more, schedule a free consultation at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com. And be sure to check out my other episodes of Her Empowered Divorce podcast and resources on my website or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This will help me reach out to more women in the same space so you are not so alone. I appreciate your support. Until next time, take care and stay empowered.